is Monday, May 2nd, 2016, and this is Radio Wave. Broadcasting from Caritas of Birmingham in Alabama. To all of you throughout the whole world, this is Radio Wave. We wanted to begin by playing something that we put together when Radio Wave first started back in 2007. It's almost nine years old. But the relevancy of it today is something that's more important even today. It was actually an advertisement for our Medulus, which is our Medj.com mail list. But if you listen to this spot that we had put together you'll find that it speaks more today than it does even at that time. What if Our Lady hadn't appeared in 1981? We know Our Lady, had she not come and appeared to these visionaries, she revealed that the world would have destroyed itself. Why is the Holy Virgin coming? Read sacred scriptures, live it and pray to understand the signs of the time. At 6.40, June 24th, 1981. The world was on a downhill slide toward evil and darkness and hate. That that changed in one moment toward the good. Has anything been said about Christians? There's many Christians in the world. But also she gave a message that said there's many Christians living as the pagans. They live pagan Christianity. With 26 years of daily apparitions, do we know if there is some kind of plan? It's her words saying, I want to use you in a great plan. You must pray to understand what your role is in that plan. And it's for the salvation of the world. How will it happen? Because you are the chosen ones in the time of grace, walking with her, who are going to instruct the others after the time of grace. When Our Lady came June 24th, 1981, it was at that point that God had decided to bring us 10 secrets, three admonitions, and it's going to happen. They will happen. Do not put off drawing closer to God now in the time of divine mercy. Find out more about the most extraordinary plans in 2,000 years of Christian history. Sign up for the Medj list free and be kept informed of the most important event in your life, your children's and your grandchildren's, and all your posterity to the end of the world. See MEJ.com and click on Medj List free. And again, this was put together when Radio A first started in 2007, almost nine years ago. A lot of the cuts that you heard from a friend of Medjugorje actually preceded that 20 years before. And a lot of those, it was 
probably five or six different cuts that were taken from different things that he has said throughout the years and had written throughout the years. But in recent times, more people are starting to speak these things after coming to the understanding that this is really what's happening in the world. Medjugorje is an event that has we have not seen anything like it since Jesus walked the earth. And when Medjugorje is over with, we will not see anything like it until the end of the world. In the 90s or early 90s, even late 80s, some of the things I was saying at that time was not understood or grasped. And I remember one benefactor who was very influential in the United States, whose influence I won't go into, but uh, at the top of the food chain, you might want to say, uh, who followed everything that we did. And she was the wife of somebody who was in that position. But she wrote to me and she said that you're, you're being a pessimist. She said, stick to the prayer groups. You're saying these things that are too negative or too down. And I wasn't talking about chastisements. One time at the end of the world, I was talking about why Our Lady was coming. And I ignored that because in my heart, the message shows what I was saying 20 years ago and even longer than that on those clips of what is now happening. It, we didn't have the things we we're facing. We didn't have the scandal in the church. We didn't have abomination. We didn't have the marriage situation. We didn't have the degradation. We didn't have ISIS. We didn't have all these things. But it was very clear to me we were headed to that path simply because of the things that was taking place. And the thought of man in the 60s was not right. We now are so corrupted that we really have reached a point of no return. In other words, when our thought process is not on God constantly and everything in our life all day long, but on evil or even negating God and not necessarily evil as it would appear when we say the word evil, because it's evil not to have God in your heart. You make a vacuum. Satan never tries to get you, if you're on a good path, to reverse. He wants you to go in neutral. Take school prayer out. You can pray if you want to, but just take it out of the school. Everything that they do is to neutralize it or just let us do this or let us behave this way. And then he can go in reverse. You don't drive your car and drive and then switch it in reverse going 20, 30 miles an hour. No, you stop. You get neutral. Satan's game is always neutrality. We don't want this. We're not going to try to do this. We just want to have our fair way. We want to be respected as atheists or non-believers or whatever, or live a degraded lifestyle. You know, you can do what you want. Now, it makes me sick when I hear Christians say, well, okay, do what you want, just as long as it don't bother me. If it's in neutral, then it's going to bother you because they'll reverse it, and there's no end to it. Lot well, showed that. Sodom showed that. There comes a point in a time, in a culture, and civilizations that have passed and gone to dust or were destroyed or burned or the whole world flooded when man's thinking became so corrupt that it was constantly in enormity of corruption. It became the norm. There was no thought of God. And we're there, people. What makes us different from Noah and the flood in that time is we've got the Holy Virgin Mary and we got a practice run of something of her being with us because God is disadvantaged not by his power, 
but by the power of evil through the prodigies and the electronics and the television and the movies and all these things manufactured evil on production and the fact that Our Lady now has to come to cancel that. But it's not so much for us now. We think maybe Our Lady's coming, oh, just for us, our time. No, Our Lady's coming, I'm telling you, just like I did on these clips 20 years ago, for the future, Our Lady is here to stop the Antichrist from maturing into the full-fledged Antichrist system. Because those who will live underneath the Antichrist later, and if she doesn't come, we would go into the system. It's there. It's very simple to put it together. Anybody now can reason this from 666 to the neither buy nor sell anything without the beast or paying worship or honoring the beast. All these things can be fulfilled now. We see it. We understand it. You can't go hide. You can't go in the mountains and the, in caves. They got heat sensors. that can, Lasers can see you. I know a guy was told me he was in a state park, and he was doing illegal digging in the park, and it closed. It's massive, thousands of acres. And he's digging for, I think, Civil War relics. And the angels, people who in the Park Service guys drive by, stop, and they back up. And he's in the woods 50 yards through brush and everything. And he's watching them. The guy gets out and walks right over there to him. And he was shocked at that. He said, how did you see me? He said, well, we got body cams that can see your heat, heat of your body. He ended up letting him go because he had a big conversation. He was a history Civil War bluff. But the point is, is that, that was 20 years ago. You will neither be able to sell or buy anything. You won't be able to eat. So don't misunderstand why our lady's here. The Tower of Babel for the Antichrist is being built. Mary's coming just like God sent to earth before, a division of the people through language that she's building a system now of her apostles to rise up to defeat this so that there'll be a roadmap for those who will go under the end toward the Antichrist system that's going to run and Jesus' return. And don't think that's that far off. Within 10 generations of the Garden of Eden, we had knowing the flood. And after knowing the flood, it's said, and some people believe, and some the biblical scholars say that we're within 80 years, it was corrupt again. Man goes through the sin, suffering cycles to gain salvation. But there's certain points that when you sin and you suffer for it and you repent and you get salvation, you don't get salvation anymore because you become too corrupt. And this is what's happened now. We are where we cannot resurrect ourselves and change the direction of the world with that divine intervention from heaven. Mary is here for something that's so astounding, so big, so grand, so huge, that we've not seen anything like this since the beginning of the world and second only to when Christ was on the earth. And this is 2,000 years after that, and this is her time. We were talking about this earlier because a couple of people in the community were talking about, actually, Riaz and Jessica was talking about how this message this morning was what, what you thought about. It. They were talking about how sorry they were for people. I felt so. I felt sorry for people for 20 years, 30 years about these apparitions. I feel sorry for people who don't pay attention to them, people who convert to them, people who don't understand that this is the top priority of everything you do. Whatever she says to do in her message, you need to fulfill it. Heaven's not coming. Here's your options today. 
Heaven's come and say, if you want good on earth, this is your only option. This is what you have to do. And so yesterday we had an apparition with Maria and her Magnificat, her building. And something beautiful happened there. And then we had Mariana's apparition this morning. And the message we're about to read. And then we had Yvonne's this afternoon, 10 o'clock in Medjugorje. And I gave a message there. And we had a group again with Maria this afternoon. So we've had a day and yesterday Eva's apparition of great blessings. Great blessings because it's been almost a year since Yvonne's had an apparition on the mountain with Our Lady. And when Our Lady's up there, she's always happy. And she's always given a long apparition. And Our Lady often gives messages. Maria and Mariana's messages are different things but at the same time for the world. One's for non-believers, one for guidance. Eva's message on the mountain is often is coaching us about how to realize her plan. They're all important. Our lady's not here wasting words or saying the same old thing. You think she's saying the same old thing? Listen to her second of the month message and enter into this. And I feel sorry for you who can't because we don't get enough of it ourselves, and our whole day is immersed in this. Our whole thought process is what's happening, where are we going, what do we need to understand now? And then navigate to your future. If you want a future, you have to pay attention to this. And I pity you if you don't. Our ladies, May 2nd, 2016 message given to Mariana on the Day of Nonbelievers. Dear children, my motherly heart desires your true conversion and a firm faith so that you may be able to spread love and peace to all those who surround you. But my children, do not forget, each of you is a unique world before the Heavenly Father. Therefore, permit the continuous working of the Holy Spirit to work on you. Be my spiritually pure children. In spirituality is beauty. Everything that is spiritual is alive and very beautiful. Do not forget that in the Eucharist, which is the heart of faith, my son is always with you. He comes to you and breaks the bread with you. Because my children, for your sake, he died. He resurrected and is coming anew. These words of mine are familiar to you because they are the truth. And the truth does not change. It is only that many of my children have forgotten it. My children, my words are neither old nor new. They are eternal. Therefore, I invite you, my children, to observe well the signs of the times to gather the shattered crosses, and to be apostles of the revelation. Thank you. This message should make you shudder if you've ignored Medjugorje, if you haven't kept up with it, if you don't have the realization that there's not a day that should go by that you're not into the message. It's a lady who said, read my messages every day, transform them into life. This is not a suggestion. This is a necessity. Don't base this on what the church has been teaching for 
all previous apparitions, that even if it approves it, it's only worthy of belief. It's not necessary for salvation. Our Lady wouldn't be here for 35 years if it wasn't necessary for salvation. Our Lady wouldn't have told the visionaries of Fatima in 1917 that if man does not quit and stop his sin, a larger and greater war would break out without them not doing it, then it would break out. And it did, because the pulpits didn't guide the flock toward that. And today we have nobody in an understanding in the hierarchy and in the structure of the church that realizes beyond the thought that, well, if we just approve it, it's just going to be worth their belief. It's not necessary for salvation. This is not true for our time. The truth of our time is that lady's here saying something incredible. She's referring to her son coming back. Our Lady has appeared for almost 35 years. That means that the first apparition when she had baby Jesus in her arms, and then the first apparition the next year, the anniversary on the 25th, or rather, I'm, I'm sorry, on Christmas, she had Jesus in her arms. So that's 36 apparitions with baby Jesus. But you know what Our Lady said? Our Lady said, don't expect Jesus to come back in a manger. She related, he's not coming back in a manger. Because when he comes back, he's going back for the second coming. And so our lady said today, because my children, for your sake, he died, he resurrected, and is coming anew. Everything, all the groundwork, everything happening is for the time he comes back. You say, well, it's not the time of the end of the world. I believe it's not. But the purity our lady brings, the purification of the world, instead of Sodom and fire, is to her heart and be devoted to Jesus in her heart. Through that, she's cleansing the world. And a separation also is taking place. It will go good for those who do. It won't go good for those who don't. That includes many in the church because the first thing that's going to be purified is the church. And this is going to suffer a severe purification because it's a rejection of not identifying God when he does something. So we have now Our Lady saying something very, very profound in this message that Jesus is coming anew. Don't tell me that's not referring to the second coming. Is it tomorrow? I'm not saying that. Is it next year? I'm not saying that. We don't know. One thing we do know, we can look at history and see a man does not stay in salvation. He sins and he suffers for it. But we will not go backwards in our inventions, even if we lose them and there's physical changes on the earth and we go back more agrarian. We're not going to stay there. Maybe a century we would, but we will be back out where we are today in just a few generations. So you have to understand our ladies here to make a roadmap for all those so that there will people be saved for when Jesus does come back. Our lady says, the words of mine are familiar to you because they are the truth. The truth does not change. It is only that many of my children have forgotten it. My children, my words are neither old or new, they're eternal. And in other words, what is eternal? Is it something you're looking forward to and counting the years? Eternal is present time. You're always in the present. You're never ending, never beginning. We had a beginning, God doesn't. But eternal will always be there. 
There's no end to it. So what I'm saying is not old. But one thing she does is she puts these messages of hers, which she says has never been given before in the history of the world, since the beginning of time. And she places them, and what we hear today, in a context to observe and first look with these messages as a template over the signs of the times. She wants you to observe through this template with these messages to observe well, not, not deep or shallowly, to observe well the signs of the times. What are the signs of the times? Jesus talked about them. Know when you see the clouds gather. Know when the fig tree blooms. What does that tell you? Can you not read nature? Can you not read the signs of the times? You'll see that. We're in it. We're in an incredible moment. And what it is before the storm comes, what does God give to us? He just pours out mercy. And the poor man, God, Jesus is walking toward Via Della Rosa. His walk is a few, is, is within a few days. And he looks up on the mountainside and there's a bunch of people who have leprosy and he just, he just cures all of them. He just, he's not even saying, say, believe in me. He's just, he's knowing he's, his hours are limited. And so man's thought is at a point where his wickedness has developed so much against God and the natural order of good that the only thing he can do is give mercy. So Jesus is coming anew. We're going to be purified the church we're already seeing and elements are being purified. And God's mercy is alive and beautiful. We just had Francis named this year as the year of mercy. It's almost insane how easy things are, how easy it is to change things, how easy it is to get plenary indulgences. And we need to take advantage of that. We need to cash in on this because this is the sunshine. And we've been in sin for a long time. And if you're in the sunshine and you've been in sin for a long time, then you come into the storm. We've said it over and over and over. You're either in the sunshine or a storm's coming towards you or the storm's past you. We are there. And it's time for mercy. You can take advantage of it. <clears throat>
take your mercy new every day You change my life in so many ways Read on me in your sweet grace You feel me, yeah Yesterday, today, forever
this song, Ask a Question. It says, to save the entire world, how much grace would it take? God can't do it. We're drowning in so much sin, so much earth thinking and the thought of man. He's guided throughout the day to things not of God, but little God's, the arrogance, the jealousy. So what happened? The only grace that could save it is the Holy Virgin Mary. And this moment has been awaited for for 2,000 years that she comes in her time to crush the serpent's head. In our present time, that by proxy now, she can do it later. By the witness of us, and her witness walking the earth. This is battle time. She's making a preparation for us to show into the future of those who will have to walk this way and how she broke it and taught us to do that, that they'd be the same. So as many souls as possible in that time of trial and tribulation, souls can be saved. Otherwise, nobody would be saved. The Bible talks about the elect. Who could be saved? God had to shorten the time to three and a half years because even the most elect, the religious, were falling. And I tell you, they would not be able to make it if this pre-practice experience were not to take place. So Mary is the grace that is taken to save the world. This week, we're going to be celebrating the ascension of Jesus into heaven, and the poem of the man-god has shared so many different stories about this period of time, the 40 days between the resurrection and the ascension, that Jesus appeared to many people during the time, sometimes in two locations at the same time, to help people to believe in his resurrection. And then that led to the time of the last meetings with Jesus and his apostles and his disciples leading up to the ascension. And he's trying to fit everything he can into these last meetings. He's reminiscing with them, but also he's showing them things that are going to happen in the future. And he's saying, don't forget this. Don't forget that. You're going to see these kinds of things and you're going to see these kinds of signs and encouraging them, helping them to get past the fact that he is leaving and, it, and now it's going to be in their hands. He's putting the church in their hands. So Our Lady it does some curious things these days. She has these three apparitions. She appears in the morning to Mariana. She appears in the evening to Maria. She appears up on the mountain at night with Yvonne, just like Jesus appeared in all these different locations after his resurrection. And then she gives a message today, and it's she's saying, don't forget this, don't forget that. She's, she's preparing for the Holy Spirit, just like Jesus did before the, the ascension. He is the Eucharist, and she's saying, don't forget about the resurrection and that he died for you. And I know the apostles, right before Jesus would leave every meeting, they'd say, well, well can we at least break the bread together before you leave? This is in the message as well. 
she's saying about the signs of the times. So there's this great parallel that's happening in, in the message that she's cramming everything in. Jesus also, in saying things, he saved important things that he wanted to say to the apostles at the very end, things that he wasn't able to share with them until the very, very end. And so my question is, is Our Lady starting to say some things that she hasn't said all during these years, saving some important things that she wants to to tell us that she can't say until the very end, that, that she's preparing us is the same way that Jesus prepared his apostles. Well, Jesus spent three years training his apostles and his disciples. Much of it was rejected. He was rejected. They were rejected. And it's interesting that people do not understand when they say it's the Eucharist, it's the Eucharist, it's the Eucharist. If we've gone downhill for decades in the last two centuries from the French Revolution and even getting away from the Eucharist, do you teach about the Eucharist that way? What is the Eucharist? What is the Mass? It's the sacrifice. When I says live the Mass, I don't mean go to Mass and just pay attention. Live the Mass. What is the Mass? It's the sacrifice. Your, li- your life is the sacrifice. We have something on the site that we put on a few days ago. Yvonne said, a woman came to him and said, uh, I, you know, I can't believe he's appearing because she's asking for three hours of prayer a day. He says, yes, she's asking for that. And she ugged at that. A year later, she comes back and she says, is our lady still asking for three hours of prayer? He says, no. She's asking for 24 hours a day. Seven days a week. See, she was selfish, Yvonne said, because three hours of prayer, she she won't go to the next level. And so what we have taking place right now is Our Lady is getting us in a position so we can anew Jesus in the Eucharist. But when Our Lady says, here, he comes to you and breaks the bread with you. Our Lady's been calling for fasting with bread on Wednesday and Fridays. This is part of our Eucharist. No, don't misquote me saying, I'm saying that's consecrated bread, that's the flesh of Jesus Christ. No, it's sacrifice. It's getting prepared for Sunday or daily Mass because the Mass is a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice to eat bread and water. And also it tames the flesh. And that brings you closer to the Eucharist because we're so far from the Eucharist. We talked about a bishop's conference that they had these speakers there. What's wrong? We're losing so much ground in the church. We're losing the people. We're losing the attention. They don't believe in this. They don't believe in that. They're going all kind of, all kind of different directions. So they bring in a gist of the gist of the gist of the greatest bishop they can find up there to speak. And what he does, his solution is, well, we're losing this. And he repeats what I just said. He says, what we have to do is we have to talk more about the Eucharist. We have to tell the Eucharist is alive. We don't need that. You're never going to understand that because if you eat and drink unworthily, you eat and drink Dalmatian. You have to teach about the Eucharist by saying you've got to confess. You sin. You cannot eat unworthily because you can say a rosary and let it go to work for you. You receive the Eucharist and you don't repent you live in sin, you eat and drink Dalmatian. We've gone backwards with the Eucharist, and we're going to continue to until we start hearing from the pulpits and from people, and what Our Lady is saying is to repent. Our Lady just told us on the 25th that our heart's bleeding. 
Maria had an apparition yesterday. We were there, some of our community people. It was very beautiful. And so Our Lady comes right off the heels of, of, of April 25th, just a few days ago, says, Dear children, my immaculate heart bleeds as I look at your sin and sinful habits. See, God remedied that through confession. But he didn't remedy that if you're going to be going to receive the Eucharist. Everybody at Mass on Sunday goes to the Eucharist. We're not acknowledging our sin. And you go backwards. You go further from the Eucharist. So the bishops come. we got to teach more about this. No, Jesus didn't teach it or didn't practice it or put it in action, rather, until the end of his ministry. And he's going the other way, like Jesus did 2,000 years ago. She said, I'm calling you to return to God and to prayer that it may be good for you on earth. It's not been good for us because we're not eating worthily. So Maria's apparition yesterday was six and a half minutes. One of our community members was saying the rosary in English, another one in Italian. At the end of the apparition, Maria was so thunderstruck a few days ago, six days ago at the 25th message, she, she can't even talk about it. She don't want to talk about it. She said, Our Lady was so very serious. And it struck her like thunder. So yesterday's apparition, Our Lady stays there. She looks at everybody. Maria says, quote, after the apparition, at the moment of the apparition, when Our Lady come, and she speaks broken English, she said this in English, when Our Lady come, I recommend all of us, all our intentions, all what we have in our hearts. We are beginning the month of May. She's quoting and saying, so she said to our ladies what she said. Our lady prayed over us, and after prayer, she, she stay in silence. So I said, we are beginning the month of May, our lady's month, so we like to be our lady's joy. I say, we like to offer to you for your intentions, our prayers, our rosaries, in this month, in a special way, to be joy for the Immaculate Heart of Our Lady. And Our Lady began to smile, and one of the times she prayed over us, and she blessed us, and after she leave. Just a point to make here that Maria, when she was given that message on the 25th, as you said, she was upset at the at the manner of Our Lady, that she was even afraid that Our Lady was not going to say, Dear children. She, was, she had come that serious. And so this had bothered Maria, and she didn't want to talk about it. And then she, when Our Lady appeared yesterday, she was lingering in the apparition. It gave Maria the opportunity to ask her, to approach her and say, we want to give these special sacrifices and prayers to you so that your immaculate heart will be in joy. And Our Lady responds to her words with a smile. And I thought, how, what a beautiful thing that, that Our Lady erases, not her serious manner completely, because that is an important message for us, her children, to understand that. But in Maria's heart, who was aching for Our Lady, Our Lady gives her this smile. And I just thought, what a beautiful thing see that well for maria to have our lady do this after the 25th her mecca heart bleeding 
was a great joy for Maria and us as well and our community members who is present for this because we see people respond to that. If our lady reveals things, we get, we've got an impetus to pray and change and, and make her happy. And this is what happened on Levi's. Yvonne's apparition tonight on the mountain in Mezzigoria was raining very hard, very difficult. And it kept a lot of people away from the apparition. It's been almost a year since we've had this apparition. And what took place was, in the case of going up the mountain was so treacherous, only about 200 people went up there. That's the least I've ever heard of being up there. But Our Lady appeared. She appeared for a long time. She was very happy, joyful. She usually always is on the mountain. And Yvonne says that Our Lady says, Dear children, remember this is tonight. This morning was the second month. Then Maria's was yesterday afternoon. And we had another apparition, of course, with our community in Medjugorje uh, with Maria this afternoon, which was about a four-minute apparition. But yesterday's apparition was about her smiling. Tonight's apparition with Yvonne, Our Lady said, Dear children, do not permit the superficial brilliance of this world to mislead you. Materialism, jealousy, arrogance. Do not permit the light of the world to mislead you. Open yourselves to the light of the divine love to my son. Decide for him. He is love. He is truth. Return prayer to your family. Pray more. I need your prayers so that with you, I can realize my plans. Thank you, dear children, for also today for having decided for Jesus. And so Our Lady comes on the mountain, and as I said earlier, it's like she's coaching us. She's telling us what we need to do. And so Yvonne's apparition and this message is something that we got late, but it's something to dwell on. And it's incredible that Our Lady's talking about us being the light for those who surround us in our unique world. And on the other side of that, she's saying with the, through Yvonne that the superficial brilliance of this world is misleading you. So it's in contrast to Mariana's message this morning about being light and truth and shining for others as opposed to what the world offers us in its brilliance. And so the real thing that we don't have in the world but it passes as a real thing, just like the co-commercial. It's the real thing. No, truth is the real thing. Are they trying to get us to see this and make a separation? We're in division time. We have to separate from truth. And that's why she says, and truth does not change. That's why her messages are neither new or old. Nothing news about it. It's in present time always and always will be because it's eternal. But what is false, not the real thing, is what's artificial. All the glitter. All that shines falsely. Is not the brilliance that she's speaking about. Artificial sweet news spray on ten. I'd rather have the sugar, the sun, and the sand. Give me the real. Filter on it 
not permit the superficial brilliance of this world to mislead you. Do not permit the light of the world to mislead you. Open yourselves to the light of divine love. He is the truth. Do you realize you're being guided by heaven? And everybody's looking to a political process for the answers. They may aid in the peace that's supposed to come, but they're not driving it. You are. If you go for the real thing. And that's what Mariana's message was about the eternal, the real word, the truth. Well, lady told us, you mentioned earlier, to observe well the signs of the time, and then she qualifies that, telling us to gather the shattered crosses and to be apostles of the revelation. But those are very powerful words that we were gonna, I was going to ask you about tonight because it was obviously the one of the most biggest things that stood out in the message. Ask him, man. Well, first of all, this is in this is in relation to the signs of the times, gathering the shattered crosses and apostles of the revelation. But obviously, apostles of the revelation has a very big, much bigger meaning than what we're reading in these words right here. Well, Our Lady has said one year ago, May second, to shatter all the darkness in you, is what the message said, and it's an amazing thing that she's tying that word shattered the only second time she ever say it later on May 2nd. That means something. It's not what All Our Lady says. It's even how she frames it and puts that together that way. She said May 2nd, 2014. Become cognizant of the immeasurable purity and the light which comes from it and shatters darkness. The light will bring hope. 
So what is shattered cross is? Things we carry is a cross. The families are shattered. No family is untouched today. They're broken. And the lady says today, to gather them up, gather the shattered crosses. That's what we're to do. Because she's telling us, and to be the apostles of Revelation. This is the signs of the times. Revelations, the woman of Revelations, chapter 12, is her time. This is the moment of Mary. Even the church says, or many theologians in the church teaches, well, the, the woman is the church. Really? Let's back out of chapter 12. Let's go backwards in the scriptures and see what chapter 11, the last verse, says there. It says, up in the heavens, a storm broke out. Mary is born on August 5th. She revealed this in Medjugorje, a private revelations about public revelations. And when she was born, a storm broke out. Israel was in a drought. And from there, she gave birth to the Savior. When she grew into the time for that to be happening. But in that last verse of chapter 11, it talks about, and the Ark of the Covenant opened up. And in it was God's presence. Sounds like it's talking about a womb to me. Her womb. Because it goes immediately from there into chapter 12, talking about the woman in the heavens. Moon underneath her feet, which tells stars about her head. Mary is here for the purpose of bringing to life, through private revelations, public revelations. And don't tell me that when she says signs of the times, he's coming anew, that my words are familiar because of the truth. They're scriptural, in other words. And they're not old and new, they're eternal. Observe well the signs of the times and gather up all these shattered crosses across the world to be apostles of the revelation. Woe, woe, woe to all those who mitigate, who negate, minimize, or either scorn Medjugorje. Because you're rejecting God, no difference in the Pharisees, in their hatred, rejected Jesus? Are those who are in Israel, whose busyness in their life and what they were doing, never stopped to recognize the Messiah just went before them? Only later did they find out. And it was woe to them and lamentations. We're in the midst of something so big, and as Joan was speaking a minute ago, do I see this all happening? We're I was just saying more and more, look at this message today. I'm not even touching on just a tenth of it or, or, or one hundredth of it. Spirituality is beautiful. Everything spiritual is alive. We see at Rosary, spiritual. We see the joy of our children. We see the joy of the adults watching that. It's a spirit here. We live a spirit that is beautiful, beautiful way of life. Be my spiritually pure children. And spirituality is beauty. Everything that is spiritual is alive and very beautiful. We see that here. We're planting a garden for the community. The kids are running through the dirt. The mountains in the background, a lake to the side of it. There's a palm tree right by the lake. 
Everybody's out there. Even the adults take off the shoes and walk barefooted through the dirt. It was beautiful. And it was spiritual. We did our novena there, kneeling down in the dirt. How can you get things better than that? How can it not be heaven? In fact, we got a few pictures of that. In 1984, Father Thomas Vlasic, during a homily, he relayed what Our Lady said. If you want to be happy, live a simple, humble life. Pray a great deal. Do not dive into your problems, but let yourselves be guided by God. See, we want a spirituality that's theologically based on everything so deep where people can sit around and talk and philosophize about how much their intelligence knows about theology. I don't, I don't want to hear that from a pulpit. I don't want to hear it from the church. You can read the encyclical and it's so way up in the sky. You say, I'm criticizing the encyclical. No, not the truth that it contains, but the way it's packaged. Do you see what Arlie's saying in her message? And she's the wisdom. She's the book of the wisdom. She's the woman. Do you see her come speaking like that? Way above the people. Jesus himself didn't speak that way. Teresa of a little flower didn't that? And she's a doctor of the church. It amazes me how they praise all the humble, Francis and all these people. And St. John Vianney, who couldn't pass a test, they had to do it orally. They had to help him cheat, basically, to become a priest and become a great priest. They always praise them and making saints out of these people. But everything's in encyclopedia. It's so complicated, so difficult. And our lady addresses this. She says, do not complicate matters. Yes, you can walk on a deeper spiritual way, but you will have difficulties. Because they get so complex. It's like the two people who walked out of our auditorium after somebody spoke. It was so complicated and so deep. He says, wasn't that wonderful? He says, yeah, but what did he say? Nothing. Many of us walk out of church. What was it? Nothing. Our lady continues, Vasek says, take the simple way. Do not dive into your problems, but let yourselves be guided by Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ has given that guidance over to the Holy Virgin Mary now because she wants to say in the context of modern time and electronics and the world it is, the Bible and its truth in a way that we can grasp that we can't grasp in the way it was written by men of 2,000 years ago in a different mentality. But she's given the same eternal truths. So this is very profound. Therefore, I invite you, my children, to observe well the signs of the times. She added well. She's told us, look at the signs of the time before. This is the first time she says to observe well. In other words, go into the, what's going on. Look at the subjects. Look at the darkness in the world. Don't you see what's happening? Don't you see when man gets this dark, there's only one way out of it because they go so past it's got to be purified. Something's coming. Same time, she says, don't be scared. Fast. And you're not afraid of evil. And pray, you're not afraid of the future. She continued after the signs of times to gather the shattered crosses and to be the apostles of the revelations. We are a living Bible at this moment. I'm certain of this because she's raising up apostles of the latter days that Louis de Montfort promised would happen when Mary would come and she would do this. Exactly what we're seeing in Medjugorje. And you want to keep going to the church and get permission? Go read Higher Truth. Go read 10 Facts and run. Run to the messages. Incorporate it. Enact it. She told Yvonne tonight, pray more. 
I need your prayers so that with you I can realize my plans. This is not something to just pray or incite or make you a little bit holy, a little bit holier. This is a whole new spirituality she's given to us. What does it mean? What does spiritual means? It consists of the spirit. It's not material. Yvonne said that to Our Lady said it to him. Materialism misleads you. Spiritual pertains to the spirit, pure and holy. It re- pertains also to something that renews man in his heart. Not fleshy, not material. It's pertaining to divine things. So we had this triple whammy that our lady gave yesterday evening, this morning, and tonight. And are we excited? Are we incited? Both those things are important. Be excited about what's happening, but let it incite you. I just got to read a book called Tokyo Attack. And in it, some of Doolittle's men who did a raid were in prison. They were caught in China, Japan had tracked them down, imprisoned them. They'd been in prison for, for quite a while, toward the end of the war, like three or four years. And one of the commanders, the Japanese, wanted them executed. He was vicious in this. He treated them very badly in prison. And they wrote to the emperor and got him a letter. They asked for a Bible. After several years, that's the thing they got. And they shared it with each other. And they started treating the prison guards who beat them, who didn't give me any food, who were starving, who, who was very vicious. One of the Americans, flyers, started smiling at him every day, no matter what he did. And he brought him a sweet potato, which was something huge for them to eat because they didn't have anything. And they realized the Bible worked, so they started putting it into life. The Japanese commander who had them was going to trial, wanting them executed, Ended up getting four of them put on death sentence. And so he tells them that I know when he gets ready to execute him, he builds three crosses for him, these three guys. And he's been so vicious to them. And it was amazing. I was reading this book. This guy builds three crosses. But he told me, he said, I do not know what relations I had with you in the previous life. See, he believes in reincarnation. So he's limited. But we have been living together underneath the same roof. The Japanese commander told him. On this day, you're going to be executed, but I feel sorry for you. My sympathies are with you. Men must die sooner or later. Your lives were very short, but your names will remain everlasting. Can you imagine that? These guys turned to the Bible. This guy was vicious, and this was actually brought out in the trials because he got charged with war crimes. They asked him before they were going to execute him, would you please tell us, folks, we died bravely. So the commander says to them that he informed the airmen that in a moment, guards would bind them to three crosses in preparation for execution. Quote, he said, Christ was born and died on the cross. And you, on your part, must die on the cross. Can you imagine this? A pagan, a vicious commander who's tortured him for years, comes to this revelation. Christ was born and died on the cross, and you on your part must die on the cross. Then he added, but when you're executed, when you die on the cross, you will be honored as gods. Wow. 
I wrote that in a book. Wow, what an incredible way to die. Shattered crosses. And then the commander concluded, telling these three men to pray as he himself, the commander, made the sign of the cross. They tied him, bound him to the cross, shot him, and they took him off the cross. So what does our lady mean about these shattered crosses? This is the family today. It's on the cross. It's shattered. It's broken. And we have nowhere to go except to our lady. She has the reins for the salvation of the world. She is the grace that's going to save it. And if we don't accept it, we're had. And yet we're rejected. In uh, Psalms, they affirm that the thinking of the human heart was so wrong, there was nothing to do but for God to destroy him. It says in Psalms 10, 4, the wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek God. God is not in all his thoughts. And so this is where we are today. But you see what these guys did reading the Bible? Even though they're a Christian, once they got the instruction manual, how they treated the enemy, and this enemy really did something beautiful for them. To die that way, literally on a cross, and be executed is a grace. So we have all these things and these dynamics that's taking place, and we don't understand the moment we're in because we're not stopping, because we're mind, our mind, our thoughts are completely occupied on distractions that are false glitter that's showing the brilliance of the world, and it's a false light. The day after Our Lady gave the message of April 25th, in which she said that her immaculate heart weeps bitter tears. I'm not exactly sure the words. But we opened up the next morning to a message during our prayer time. And we were just amazed at the message that the Holy Spirit picked for us this morning. And Prenda Medjugorje said to... um, Pull this up for tonight's show. So I'll just read the message. It says, November 6, 1983. Where are the prayers which you used to address to me? My clothes were sparkling. Behold them soaked with tears. Oh, if you would know how the world today is plunged into sin. It seems to you that the world sins no longer because here you live in a peaceful world where there is neither confusion nor perversity. If you knew how lukewarm they are in their faith, how many do not listen to Jesus? Oh, if you knew how much I suffer, you would sin no more. Oh, how I need your prayers. Pray. It was almost as if that message of April 25th was side by side this message and given together. They match each other so well, but... The other amazing thing about it is that Our Lady spoke about the world in this November 6th message, and she speaks about it here in the May 2nd message, wedding these two messages together. But one of the points that you haven't really spoken about yet is when Our Lady said, each of you is a unique world before the Heavenly Father. And actually, that's what your writing is about. It will be seen on the site tomorrow, but maybe you can give us a few words about what that spoke to you in your heart 
And then we just encourage you. It's really a, a beautiful, amazing writing that I enjoyed very much as I was typing it up and uh, am anxious to have it released tomorrow. Well, when I said, immediately when she said Unique World, I understood this from the beginning days of what I used to tell people going to Medjugorje. I would be on the mountain. I remember perfectly the first time it said to me, when I went to Medjugorje, I never, and to this day, have had an urge to move there. I actually had an aversion to that. Medjugorje is beautiful. It's an incredible place to be. And many people move there. They stay there for three or four years. They can't take the heat. They leave. Some stay there. But it's not what they expect. And so repeatedly, when I first started taking pilgrims in and forming the BVM pilgrimages, they would say, oh, I don't want to go home to my spouse. I don't want to go back to my children even. I want to stay and live here. I, I feel guilty for that, but I want, to, I want to live here. I want to move here. I said, no, that's not what our lady wants. Our lady wants you to go back home and make your home Medjugorje. I remember the second and third trip to Medjugorje, I came home, and my wife and my three sons, or two sons at that time, had gone in the bottom land in front of our house on the other side of the creek and all through the woods made 14 stations of the cross out of wood. That was 30 years ago. I still got one. I got one in my office. There's still one in the woods back there. It's lasted that long. And to me, this is one of the greatest gifts I've received because my home began to be formed on what Medjugorje was, a beautiful spiritual life. Spiritually, she spoke about something beautiful, a purity. And spirituality is beauty. Everything that is spiritual is alive and very beautiful. We have this continued in our community. It came in through our family for six years before the community ever existed. It came in such a way before Our Lady came here, these 14 stations across and many things we changed in our life. We made our home Medjugorje. We got rid of everything. We changed everything. We changed even the decor in the house to reflect our house, to reflect who we were as Christians. And through that, Our Lady came after that for three months. Who could ever imagine us in the middle of nowhere that the Mother of God would come and stay in our house for three solid months and initiate a plan? Because I wanted Medjugorje, what I saw there in my life. And I led my family to do that. And my family attracted other people who wanted to come to that. And yes, it was a help because I asked for a community to be established. Because she knew what was going to happen in Medjugorje. She knew it would be able to hold the line with all the onslaught of the pilgrims and stay the little village it was. That's what we are. We're a window. Maria told her husband and me and her were walking here. And she said, this is how Medjugorje used to be. In other words, she wasn't talking about the physical structures. She wasn't talking about exactly Medjugorje. She was talking about a spirit of, the spirit of it, the spirituality of it. Our whole day is built around the rosary. Our whole life is about the messages, the way we do things, the way we incorporate things, the way we work. Everything is the message. We're the one place on the earth that has taken Medjugorje, absorbed it, and turned our place into that. And it's beautiful. It's the way that we have that we can never turn back from. And, and it's a gift. It didn't just happen. We had to pray. We had to go through this, this life, sacrificing, going through the cognition for all those things that our lady would give us. 
And I think God, that as our family grew in this, and as we begin to understand the beauty of the spiritual life, we also began to learn what it meant to be suffering. It's not going to just happen. You're not going to jump into this. And that's why we open our doors, and that's why we're opening the bedroom of apparitions this, this coming Saturday, to share what our lady gave us, the grace that you can come there and see to make the same thing in your home, which is Medjugorje. And this didn't stop with this one person asking me, oh, I want to move to Medjugorje. Everybody was saying that. That's not our lady's plans. And in regards to your question, that's what I'm writing about, that your unique world is what surrounds you. And it's not that many people, 20 or so, your family and a few other people. That's your world. You're unique. The writing tomorrow that you'll read goes into this in detail. So must read. Because it's reality. It's where I was sitting in the middle of the ocean at one point. And what I saw. And what I wrote years later. Everything's cognition. I never thought I'd write about it. This morning it came to me. This is a story. This is a unique world. And that's what all he wants to build. You to change the whole world. How are you as an individual going to change the whole world? Can you do that? Yes, you can. So you go online tomorrow and you read that. I don't even know what it's going to be titled. By the the date of it would be May 3rd. So if this is a month later, you're listening to this, go to May 3rd, 2016, and read the writing on the second of the month message because it will give you the whole map of how I made what I made here that you can do the same thing because it is very, very beautiful.
Tim Rowe wrote in Charisma News that thoughts are much more powerful than a weapon and even a nuclear bomb. They are critical components to our spiritual growth. We must have a disciplined thought life that is focused like a laser on God and His Word. Or our hearts will become a mush of spiritual apathy and worldly lust. That's what even was told today. Materialism, 
arrogance and jealousy, all the things that befall us, we're there. Our Lady said, my words are neither old. She's never said that before because there's no age in heaven. We've learned through her that everybody in heaven is not over 33 years of age. So many beautiful things. So many lessons. But the one lesson God's teaching us is how to be a man. We've lost that today. What about women? They're of man. You change man, you change Adam, you change Eve, you change the whole world. Your unique world. So it is, just like the Japanese commander, who was a beast, not a man, saw the firm faith of these soldiers that he knew he abused. They spread love and peace. When Charlie said to those who surround you, they did this, and they changed this man's eternal salvation. They told him, showed him, they witnessed to him and the unique world they're in and converted him. He even said, we'll see each other again. He said a prayer and made the sign of the cross. He came from a beast to a man at that point. And that's what Jesus is here to show us about his father, how he was the son of God and gave his life over in retribution for our sins to his father.
First things our lady is coming for is for fatherhood. Motherhood would never be what it needs to be without fatherhood. The world is dethroned. Fathers, fatherhood, and by doing so, the world has lost respect for God the Father. Her messages are cored in her submission to God the Father. And the representative of him is the fathers in the home. That's why Hollywood makes fun of them, degrades them, treats them as nothing. If there's anybody t- attacked by darkness today, it is fathers. They get little respect from the entertainment industry. And everybody attacks the man. And yet we hear it's about the women. Our Lady's messages show this very clearly. And Jesus shows us very clearly how to be a man. That woman can be protected and respected and loved. And children the same. You can't have the latter without the former first. We wish you a lady. We love you. Good night.
This ends the Radio Wave Show with a friend of Metrigoria. You can order this show on CD by contacting Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000.